Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. I was happy as I thought, I mean, the national president is calling me. He said, uh, Brother Thornton, I said, yes, sir. He said, how are you? I said, I'm going fine. He said, can you do me a favor? I said, whatever you need, doc, whatever you need. He said, can you get me past it once convention 
USA Incorporated, we are indeed envisioning the future exceptionally. Yes, and we're doing it through our commitment to Christ-centered evangelism. That's the thing that our president has given for the year. What a much needed reminder in an age where churches are involved with doing so much else. The principal assignment, the primary commission is still go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. There is a passage of scripture in Acts uh, chapter 4. Uh, Brother Jones spoke to it already a little earlier, and I believe this speaks to our theme. Acts chapter 4 beginning at verse 5. That's the more Ohio delegation coming in. Starting at verse 5. The president of our women's auxiliary in the state of Ohio, Sister Jean Lark, God bless you. God bless you. Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 5. Here's what it says. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Jerusalem, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. One more verse. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against him. Now in this passage, we see the two apostles, Peter and John, in the aftermath of a powerful miracle. The church is on fire for God. Just as promised on the day of Pentecost when they gathered on one accord in one place, the Holy Spirit fell and filled them all. After all, the Lord Jesus had already told them, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And that's exactly what they've been doing. They've been walking 
in some real power. Power that emboldens them to preach the gospel. Yeah. Power that enables them to share with each other so that nobody has a need that goes unmet. Power such that when Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray and encounter a lame beggar at the gate, they tell him, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And when everybody sees this man who has been lame from birth, when they see him walking and leaping and praising God, it opens a door for Peter and John to preach the gospel and to share the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Thousands are hearing and believing the gospel, but by the time we get into chapter 4, they, the apostles, Peter and John, are being called on the carpet by the religious people. They're being challenged by those in religious authority. It's really just the Lord opening another door to share the gospel. And this story reveals a few faithful men, ordinary men who are indeed witnesses for the Lord. And I want to encourage some faithful men in the National Baptist Convention this morning. If you'll allow me just a little time, just about 11 Baptist minutes to preach from the subject, keep standing. Keep standing. There are two types of witnesses that we see in this story and still today there are, there are two types of witnesses for which the Lord is looking. First of all, he is looking for a witness who will speak up. Here we have the rulers of the people and the elders and the scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and the family of the high priest. And when they had brought Peter and John in the midst of them, they asked them, by what power or by what name have you healed this man whom we've seen at the gate all these years? And Peter stands up. I got this one. Because he's not going to miss this opportunity. Peter, he, he used to be a natural at speaking up. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Uh, it was Peter who spoke up. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter has no problem speaking up for his Lord. Then there was the time that Jesus had sent his disciples out onto the ship and the storm arose and Jesus started walking toward them in the middle of the sea and said, don't be afraid, fellas, it's just me. And it was Peter, he was the one who spoke up first and said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come to you on the water. And the Lord Jesus said, one word, come. And Peter got out of the boat and began walking on the water. At least until he took his eyes off Jesus and started to sing. As a matter of fact, sometimes Peter's mouth got him in trouble. Jesus was explaining to the disciples some of the things that he would have to suffer leading to the cross. And Peter took him aside and tried to get him together. And Peter, But Jesus rebuked Peter in front of everybody. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. You're not thinking about the things of God. Things started going downhill from there. Jesus was trying to warn him, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith won't fail, and when you come back to yourself, strengthen your brothers. Yeah. Peter spoke up again, Lord, I will go with you to prison 
death. And Jesus looked at him and said, listen, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And wouldn't you know it, just like Jesus said after he was arrested, every opportunity that Peter got to stand up for Jesus, he denied him. The first time they had seized Jesus and took him away to the high priest's house, Peter followed at a distance, and when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked at him closely and said, this man was with him. Peter denied it, woman, I don't know him. And he had another opportunity when the maid saw him again and, and said to the people around him, this man is one of them, and he denied it again. And then a third time, after a little while, there were those standing close to him, and they went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them, your accent gives you away. And wouldn't you know it, Peter went to cussing, and he swore, I don't know this man. But I've come to tell us this morning, don't be too hard on Brother Peter. Because truth be told, he is not the only one who has been given the opportunity and knew it. He's not the only one who denied knowing Jesus. All of us in this room, at some point or another, has denied him. Oh, we've never said it with our mouths that we don't know it, but we've said it by the way we live. Listen, anytime we continue in sin, we're denying it. When we profess one thing on Sunday morning with the saints and then live another way Monday through Saturday, we deny it. When we said we loved God but hated our brother or sister, we deny it. When we claimed to trust him but we held on to our pride, we deny it. When we tried to fight our own battle instead of standing still and letting the Lord fight it, we deny it. So lay off Brother Peter a little bit. Matter of fact, what I love about Brother Peter is that he hasn't missed an opportunity to speak up for Jesus since the crucifixion. After he blew it so many times, and yet Jesus didn't stop loving him, yet the Lord saw fit to let him live, yet through the grace and mercy of God, he gets another chance. And so apparently, Peter has decided, every chance I get, I'm going to tell it. On the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Ghost fell, and, 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 and they began speaking in tongues, and, and they saw what looked like flaming tongues of fire, uh, Peter is the one who stood up and began to speak for Jesus, and about 3,000 souls were added from that one message. Then over in chapter 3, after he and John bring the Lord's healing to the lame man at the gate, it's Peter who stands up and speaks for the Lord. And now here in front of the Jewish officials, when he remembers all the times he denied Jesus, he can't wait for somebody to ask him a question so he can open up his mouth. Listen, all I'm trying to say is when we consider all the times we denied him, all the ways we betrayed him, all the opportunities we missed, all the opportunities we blew, but what the Lord in his grace and his mercy gave us another chance, gave us another opportunity, we ought not to mind to speak up for the Lord. When the Lord opens the door, it looks like we would gladly take it. Now, according to the text, Peter doesn't just start spouting off at the mouth. No. The text says Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you see that? He's still.
don't feel he he still has that fire on the inside still burning from Pentecost that consuming fire of the Holy Ghost that John had predicted he said Jesus would baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire if we're going to open our mouths as witnesses for Christ it should be emblazoned with the fire of the Holy Ghost listen please don't reduce my Holy Ghost to a shout Witness among them, and he didn't open his mouth. 
He didn't say a word. He didn't have to. He was standing among them. This man had been lame from birth. The man who every day was laid at the temple gate called Beautiful. The man who just one chapter earlier was begging at the gate because he was lame and couldn't move himself. So he couldn't get a job. So he had to depend on the kindness of the worshipers. That man was standing among them. Sometimes the Lord is looking for somebody to speak up, but sometimes he's just looking for somebody who will stand up. All he has to do is stand there, and the Bible says they couldn't say anything. When they saw him now, compared to what he used to be, they couldn't say a word. When they saw him standing in the healing that the Lord had given him, there was no denying the power of God. And for some of us in this room this morning, just the fact that you are still standing is the testimony. Yeah. When people see you standing today, they saw you yesterday, they know it must be the power in the name of Jesus. When you walk into a room filled with people who knew you when, your life ought to say, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. When you walk into a room filled with people who knew you when, your walk ought to say, I came to Jesus just as I was. wounded and sad, but I found in him a resting place. And he has me glad when you're standing in a room full of people who knew you when you're standing there ought to say I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and the waters he lifted me now safe am I if the Lord Save your life. You ought to stand in it. If the Lord has brought you out, you ought to stand in it. If he has healed your body, you ought to stand in it. If he freed your mind, you ought to stand in it. If the Lord has loosed your shackles, you ought to stand in it. If he has delivered you, you are to stand in it. If you're grateful for what God has done for you, keep standing. If you're glad that he picked you up and turned you around, keep standing. If you're thankful that he placed your feet on solid ground, keep standing. If you're thankful that he took your feet out of the miry clay and put you on straight street. Keep standing. If you're grateful that on a hill called Calvary, he died until the earth began to reel and rock, he died. Until the sun blacked out, he died. Until the moon dripped in blood. And when he died, they placed him in Joseph's new tomb. But on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. He got up for you, and he got up for me. And since he got up for 